Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we are studying Daf Chafei of Masech the Shabbos. Quick overview of the page we are about to enjoy together. Um, we're going to begin the Daf discussing how come you are allowed to burn Tame Truma oil during the week, right? We said that you're not allowed to burn um, Tame Truma oil, which is what's called Shemin Sreifa. You would not be allowed to burn that in your candles on Yom Tif. But the implication being, you would be allowed to burn um, tame truma oil in your candles during the week. How come? Okay. Um, we're going to talk about for the first time today the actual obligation to light Shabbos candles. Right? As I've uh, raised my quandary before, um, we're talking about and all these uh, oils and wicks that we're allowed to use and we can't use, but who even says that we should be using them in the first place? What 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 is this uh, obligation to light Hanukkah uh, Shabbos candles all about? I don't know if I said Hanukkah candles. I hope I didn't because I meant Shabbos candles. Um, I'm going to talk about um, bathing before Shabbos. Is that like a thing? Yeah, it is kind of a thing. Um, and then just like some agaditas at the end, which um, will be kind of nice. So, friends, let's do it. We are. We will begin. Adaf Chafei Amud Aleph on the second line of the page. Biyomtiv Huda Aser Habuchol Shapir Dami My Taima. So our Mishnah says that you're not allowed to use Shemen Sreifa Biyomtiv, right? You're not allowed to use Tamei Truma Oil on Yomtiv. The implication being that you would be allowed to use it in your uh, candle uh, during the week, which implies that you're allowed to get a benefit from tummy truma oil okay and um, you're allowed to burn it in your candle give you light in your house so how come how come you would be allowed to get benefit from tummy truma oil so i'm a rab oh so rab said kishem okay so this isn't the answer to the question yet but it's sort of just like a building building the first step to our answer. So step number one is that Rav says that just like if you have Kachim, if you have a Korban, for example, that becomes Tame, right? Or what's going to become important later on is like, let's say, for example, you have oil of Kachim. How can you have oil of Kachim? Let's say, um, right, a flower offering, right? A Korban Mincha, a flower offering. So you'd mix the flower with oil. So that oil, right, um, that has been set aside and has been already been put in a klishares, Right, it's been put in uh, in one of these sort of holy vessels, so it's already so that oil is going to be considered kodesh. If that oil then becomes tame, you're going to have to burn it. Okay, so just Zorav so says it just like if you have kachim that becomes tame, you have to burn that. Well, you also have to burn truma that becomes tame. Okay, that's step one. But how do I know that I can burn it in my candle and get benefit from it? Right, not just burn it on the floor somewhere. So, the Amra Torah, and the Torah says, Bishaz biura tehani mimena. And the Torah says that when you burn the truma oil, that is Tameh, you're permitted to get benefit from it. Hechan Amra Torah. Where does the Torah say that you, right? Because we just said, and the Torah says that when you burn it, you're allowed to get benefit from it. Where does the Torah say that? So now we're going to have three opinions. 
Okay? The first one and the last one are pretty straightforward. The middle one is pretty not straightforward. But we'll start with the first one, okay? Midurav Nachman. So we learn out that you can get benefit when you burn the Tamei Truma oil from Rav Nachman. Da Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Rabba Baravua, Amar Kra. That Rav Nachman says in the name of Rabba Baravua that the Pasuk says, Va'ani hinenosati l'cha es mishmeres trumasai. That the Ebeshter says to Aharon that um, I've given you um, the guarding of my trumos. Now trumosai is plural, okay? Bishtei trumos akosov medaber. Um, the Pasuk is talking about two trumas. Achas trumatar v'achas trumatmeah. What are the two trumas? Trumatahora and trumatmeah. Okay, fine. V'amachmana l'cha. To you, so the pasuk says that God gave to Aharon mishmeres um, trumosai, both of my trumas, right? So I've given you truma tahora. What do you do with truma tahora? You eat truma tahora. What do you do with truma tmea? There's not much you can do with it. You got to burn it, okay? However, it says lecha. I gave them to you, so that when you burn it, you don't just have to burn it on the floor and let it go to waste. Rather, you can burn it under your pot, right? If you're cooking dinner in a pot, you're making a soup. So you can use these uh, truma stuff to contribute to your fire, right? As 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 fuel for the fire. And additionally, um, I guess in our case, you'd be allowed to use it for a candle to give you light at home. Okay, so that's of Nachman's opinion. Okay, here you got a halt cup of shtickle, but it's also interesting. There's going to be a whole bunch of uh, concepts that come up, um, so remember these concepts. Vibai Seymour, if you want, I'll give you another reason. How come I'm allowed to use Shem and Sreifa during the week? Midu Rabbi Abahu. To Amr Rabbi Abahu, Amr Rabbi Yochanan. That Rabbi Abahu said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan. Vlo bi'arti mimenu bitamei. Nu? What's this Pasuk? This Pasuk is by Beer Meiser. Okay? This means that, you know, you, so of course, as we've discussed many times, um, Meiser Shani. Right, Meister Shani is the second tithe that you take. First you take Truma, then you take Meister Shani, then you take Meister Shani, and you bring that to Jerusalem. Now, every three years, you gotta make sure that, you know, you're all, you're all tithed up. It's Keilu. We do taxes, let's say, every year. So, this is like every three years, make sure all your, um, tr- uh, tr- uh, Meister Shani has been brought to Jerusalem, whether your actual food that you brought or whether you brought money in place of the food and you're gonna buy it, but definitely make sure that by the end of every three years, all your Meiser Shani stuff is squared up. And when you come to Jerusalem with your Meiser Shani, you say, Bi'arti HaKodesh Min Abayis, etc. Right, that I've gotten rid of all of the Kodesh from the house. And part of what you um, say to the Kohen, I believe it's that you say to the Kohen, you say, um, That I didn't burn it bitame. And Rashi points out that that's whether it was Truma, uh, whether the, the, the Meister Shani was Tameh, or whether I was Tameh, I didn't burn it. And we say, Mimenu Iatamavir, you don't burn, right? It says, from it. It implies that it's exclu- it's specifically it and not something else, that there's something else that you would be allowed to burn it when it's Tameh. What do you guys think it's going to be? What do you think you can burn when it's Tameh? Shruma. Shruma Tameh. Right? So, Mimenu Iatamavir, you don't burn um, Meiser Shani when either it or you are Tameh. But you do burn Shemen oil, right? Truma oil that is Tameh.
Okay, so, and I guess the implication being that when you um, burn it, you can get enough from it as well. Okay. The Ema mimenu iatamavir, avalatamavir shemen shokodeshinitma. But one second, the Gemara says, one second, one second, one second, one second. All the Pasuk says is mimenu, from it, meaning that we are, you know, uh, um, um, making an exception for something else, right? That Meiser Sheni, you don't burn in the context of Tumah, but there's something else that you do burn when it's Tumah. And we just assumed that it was Truma. But maybe it's Kodesh. Maybe it's saying, like I mentioned earlier, this, this oil of Kodesh, this oil that is for um, flower offerings, if that gets Tameh, maybe, you know, you don't simply just burn it in the, in the base Hadesh and you don't just burn it, you know, where you burn all like Tameh, um, Kachim. Maybe I could take that oil and, you know, use it for, uh, whatever to cook with or, well, I wouldn't be able to eat it, but, you know, maybe, I don't know, to put under the fire or, 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 or maybe to light a candle, right? So maybe, so, so maybe it's the, uh, oil of kudshim that I would be allowed to um, to burn and get benefit from. So the Gemara says no, 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 no. Certainly you would not be able to burn the oil of Kodesh and get Hanaf from it. How come? Because lav kavachomer? Is it not a kavachomer? What's the kavachomer? Mamaiser akal amratora lo menu bitame. It says by Maiser Shani that I didn't burn it when it was Tameh. And Maiser Shani is something that's more makil, right? Especially when compared to Kodshim, right? So it says, Kodesh Chamer Lo Koshikin. Certainly, Kodesh, which is way more Chamor than Maiser Shani, I'm gonna, you know, I can't just burn it when it's Tameh and get benefit from it. Why is Kodesh um, more Chamor than Maiser Shani? For a thousand reasons. Maiser Shani can be eaten by anybody, right? Kodesh... Um, depending on what it is, it might have to be eaten by a Kohen, right? Um, Kodesh has to generally be eaten with a speci- within a certain amount of time. Maestro Shani doesn't. Kodesh has to be eaten, um, um, you know, some of them have to be eaten in the Azara. There's piggle, that, right? There's, there's a thousand things, right? If you, if you uh, eat it when you're Tame, you're going to be Chayef Karis. There's a thousand reasons why, well, I don't know if I said a million before, but I, I, I don't know, either a thousand or a million. There's all sorts of reasons why Kodesh is more Hamer than, 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 than Meiser Shani. So therefore, if Meiser Shani, you would have to, uh, you, you can't burn in the context of Tuma. So then also, uh, Kodesh, you wouldn't be able to burn, uh, when it is Tame and get Hanoa from it. But one second. So then the Gemara says, yeah, but, <laughs> I mean, the Kavachomer works, but it's not the only Kavachomer you could make there. You could also make a Kavachomer and say, well, Meiser Shani, you can't burn when it's Tameh. So also Truma, you can't, you know, if my, make the same Kavachomer, but, but, but swap Kodesh for Truma. If Meiser Shani, which is more Mekil, you can't burn, um, when it's Tameh. Well, then certainly Truma, which is more Machmir, then, which is more Chamur than Meiser Shani, you wouldn't be able to burn if it's Tameh. Why is Truma more Chamur than Meiser Shani? I don't know. One reason is just that Truma, uh, Yuchayv Misa Bidei Shemayim. 
if, if, if a czar eats it, whereas anybody can eat, or, or if you eat it when it's possible, whereas, uh, or tummy, whatever, but anybody can eat maishasheni, right? I guess maybe if it's tummy, I guess you wouldn't eat it, but you wouldn't be chayv misabide shamayim. So we're kind of at a stalemate, sort of, right? Like, you know, we're trying to figure out, okay, one second, so is it going to be truma tamea that I'm allowed to burn that's excluded from imenu? Is it going to be uh, 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 oil of kodesh that's tame that is excluded from imenu that I would be allowed to burn? So we're kind of at a standstill. So the Gemara says, well, haksiv mimenu. The Gemara says, yeah, but it says mimenu. Uh, from it, it's excluding one thing and, and therefore it's going to be excluding truma and, and to say that I'm allowed to burn truma when it's tame. But the Gemara says, come on, umara isa. But still, wh- why are you just assuming that it's truma that's being excluded from mimenu? Maybe it's kadshim that's being excluded from mimenu. So the Gemara says, okay, okay, fine. I can't just give you, you know, Answers that aren't thought through. All right, I'm going to have to focus here. Okay, fine. Here's the reason why it's clearly excluding Truma and not excluding Kodesh. Mistavra Kodesh lo mima'itna. Okay, it makes sense to say that Kodesh is not going to be excluded, i.e. that Kodesh will be just like Maeser Sheni and you would not be allowed to burn it when it's Tameh and get Hana from it. Shekin simen punk akas. Because when it comes to Kodesh, the way that you could remember all of the things, all of these chumras related to Kodesh is with this uh, acronym punk akas. Okay? Or punk axe. Punk axe. Okay? Pe nun kuf ein chaf samech. Punk axe. Okay? What's punk? What's pei nun kuf? Pei is for piggle. Who can tell me what piggle is? No, who knows? Who knows? Quick, write it in WhatsApp before I say it. Anyways, piggle is that, um, it gets a little complicated. If I remember from Ela, it gets pretty complicated. But the simple uh, version of piggle is that if, um, when you shecht a korban, so a korban has to be eaten within a certain amount of time, and it has to be eaten in a certain place, right? So for example, shlamim, has to be eaten l'shnei yamim v'layla echad, right? Um, so shlamim, you have two days and the night in between to eat it. And also it has to be eaten anywhere in Jerusalem. You can't eat it outside of Jerusalem and you can't eat it more than two days later. So let's say, so that means that when you shecht the korban shlamim, you must shecht it with the intention to be eating it within its proper time frame and in its proper location. If when you had, when you shechted it, you had intention to eat it um, outside of its proper time frame or outside of its um, proper place, well, then that's a problem, okay? I believe that the issue for chutzlizmano is kares, and for chutzlimkomo, I don't remember, it might just be a laugh. I, I think chutzlizmano is a bigger deal than, than, than chutzlimkomo, but that's what piggle is. No, sir. What's no, sir? No, sir, is that for example, going back to our example of, um, of shlamim, so you have two days to eat shlamim, okay? And if after two days it becomes nosar, it becomes leftover. And because you can't eat it anymore, it's just leftover stuff that didn't get eaten. And you can't eat it anymore because it's outside of its proper time. So nosar also, you have to burn it, right? That, okay. Corbin, simply enough, 
uh, Kodshim is called a Korban. It's called a sacrifice, which is not the case by Truma or Meiser Sheni. Okay. Next, moving on to Akas. So interestingly enough, the Ayin is for Me'ila, the, the second letter in Me'ila. Okay. Um, which is that there's a din of Me'ila by uh, Kodshim, which means that you cannot uh, get any benefit from the animal until... Um, I think it depends if it's Kachim Kachim or Kachim Kalim, but basically until a certain point, once it's considered um, shechted, so then the Kohanim are allowed to eat it and get benefit from it. But before that point, you would not be allowed to get any benefit. That would be what's called Me'ila. Kares, right? If it is Tame and you eat it intentionally, or, or if you are Tame and you eat it intentionally, so in your Chayev, Kares, which is not so great. Ve'asur le'onen. The Samach is Asur le'onen. The Samach over there in Asur. That uh, somebody who is in Onen, somebody, if you remember back to the, what was it, the third paraka, the third paraka of Masech de Brachos, we talked all about Aninus, right? That that is a person who is mourning um, before, uh, so between the time when a relative passes away and the relative has been buried. <clears throat> so there are, th- those are six Chumras that apply to Kachim. Okay? Exciting stuff. So because um, Kodshim has these six Chumras, this punk axe, so therefore um, we're going to say that you would not be allowed, it's so Chumur that you would not be allowed to burn it and get benefit from it. But the Gemara is, is not, is not uh, you know, still not convinced. It won't be, it won't be, it won't be you know, defeated. I'll say no, don't exclude truma. Say that if truma is tame, you are you would not be allowed to burn it and get benefit from it. Shekain machpaz, because it has it has its own acronym. What's its acronym? Its siman is misa, which is that if you eat truma that is uh, tame, so then or if you are tame, I believe that's correct. That if either one is tame. So then, your chayv misa bide shemayim. What's an afkam, right? Death on the hand, by the, by the hands of God. What's an afkam meaning between misa bide shemayim and karis? Who could tell me? So Rashi tells us. Rashi could tell us. So he says that, um, me, um, um, karis is when you die young. Nice. And holech ariri. So what does holech ariri mean? So there's a pasuk over there in uh, in, in Sefer Brachos and Parshas Lech Lecha by the Brisbane Avisarim, right? Avraham Avinu says to the Abishter, he says, "Umatitein li vani holech ariri." Right? What what could you possibly give me? I'm walking ariri. So Rashi says, Darin, right? Uncle says it means without children, right? Okay. So over here, so I guess you would say you'll die young without children. What if you already have children? So Rashi there says another opinion, which is, um, oh gosh, now of course I can't remember. Uh-oh. I will go, uh, ah, to be destroyed. Right. It's the, right. It's Lashon I think he says. It's Lashon of destruction. So I guess like, yo, Kilu, um, right, says like, uh, um, RR, right? Um, right, R R Adi Sodba or Aru Aru. Ugh. Wow. All right. There goes my head. But in any event, it's um, something like not good. I guess you will like die young and just kind of like be a mess. And you're gonna be as uh, I think my grandmother refers sometimes a lo yitzlach. 
Somebody who nothing good will come out of this person. <laughs> In any event, so that's what Misa Bideshim. So Misa Bideshimaim, you're just going to die young, but you won't be a lo yitzlach. <laughs> okay, Chomesh. Chomesh uh, is, if anybody could remember back to Mesech the Brachas, Taf Lamed Hey Omid Beis, we said that if um, somebody eats truma by accident, so then he's chayev to pay the value that he ate plus an additional chomesh, which is uh, 25%, really. Um, right? And then I think we said that if he shows a shemen shal truma, so he doesn't have to pay the chomesh because it's, it's mazik, right? Anyways. So, so, okay. So, so if you, if you eat it by truma tmea by accident, you would have to, um, so, so, well, if you eat truma, if you eat truma by accident, you would have to pay a chomesh, okay? And then ve'en lepidyon, truma you can never be pode, right? Meaning, for example, by Meister Shani, right? We said that you can just, you know, transfer the kedusha onto money, right? Be pode into money. So also, um, there are certain korbanos, there are certain kachim, right? For example, if it gets a mum. Before, before you shecht it, so you can be pulled out onto, on, on, onto money and release it from its, um, uh, holiness. And then finally, vasur lizarim. Also, truma cannot be eaten by non-koanim, right? Right, and as Rashi points out, in the Pasuk vasur lizarim, ava kodesh yesh kodesh mutul lizarim laachar zrika. Kagon maiser behem of vetoda vishlamim. There are certain kachim that are allowed to, uh, zarim to non, uh, uh, koanim. For example, shlamim. Anybody can eat a carbon shlame. Okay. New. So we see that 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 truma has its own machpaz uh, uh, um, things that make it uh, that that make it chamer, right? It has the misa chomesh pidyon and zarim. New. So we're still at a stalemate, or at least the Gemara wants us to believe right now that we're at a stalemate, which is that. We don't know, you know, which which between truma tamea and kachim tamea, kachim tame, which is going to be the one that you'd be allowed to burn and get benefit from. So listen closely, friends. Hanoch nefishon. So the Gemara says yes, but kachim would be more chamor uh, on the scale of stuff than truma because kachim is punk axe, which is six chumras. Whereas truma is machpaz, which is four chumras. So kachim is, uh, I guess, uh, 50% more chamor than truma is. So therefore, you would not be allowed to burn uh, kachim when it is tameh. Uh, but truma, you would be allowed to burn, well, kachim, you have to burn when it's tameh, but you wouldn't be allowed to get hana'a when you burn the kachim that is tameh. Whereas the truma tameh, you would be allowed to burn and get hana'a from it. Um, and that is learned out from Lobi Arti Mimenu Bitame, that Mimenu is excluding, is making an exception for Truma Tamea. You would be allowed to burn Truma Tamea and get Hana from it. That is why you can put it in your candle, um, the Shemin Sreifa, during the week. The Gemara then says, Samor, I'll give you a different reason why um, it's going to be Truma Tamea. That's the exception. Simply enough, Kodesh is simply more strict because just look at the punishment that you get for it as compared to Truma. Kodesh, you get Kares. Truma, you get Misa Bidei Shemaim. Both of them are kind of rough, but um, 
Karis is a little bit more rough because of the whole Hariri thing. Okidoki. And then, Rav Nachum by Yitzchak Omar. And then, finally, the third opinion that we have to teach how we know that you can burn Truma Timea and get benefit from it. Rav Nachum by Yitzchak Omar. Omar Kra, the Pasuk says, Titen Lo. Right, it says the pasuk says reishes degoncha tiroshcha vitzorecha reishes gaze tzoncha titen lo that the reishes degoncha. Okay, what is this? It's talking about truma. It says truma titen lo. You have to give your truma to him. And the Gemara says lo velo oro. You have to give it to him and not directly to his fire. Mechlal debas oruhu, which implies that you burn it. What does this mean? It means that let's say you have a field, and of course you own 100% of your field, and the first thing you're going to do is you're going to take truma. And here's the thing, though. 98% of your field is Tahor, 2% of your field is Tameh, and I know just what you're thinking. Perfect. Let me take the 2% of my field, that's Tameh, and I'll give that to the Kohen, and I couldn't do anything, you know, and, and so, well, I guess you could eat, you could eat stuff that's Tameh, but whatever it is, you know, it just works out perfectly. Let me just get rid of this Tameh stuff, get it off my hands, I'll give it to the Kohen, that'll be his Truma, leave me alone, right? But the Gemara says, don't do that. Because if you give Truma Tamea to a Kohen, what's he going to do with it? He can't eat it. He's going to have to burn it. And it says you have to give it Titen Lo. You have to give it to him and not to his fire, right? Which, which, which implies that um, Truma Tamea uh, would go into his fire. And I guess his fire implying that he would be able to get um, Hanah from it, right? He'd be able to burn it under his food and get Hanah from it. Um, so, so that's how we learn that you would be allowed to get Hanah from Truma Tamea by burning it. Okay. Sweet. Moving on in our Mishnah. Rabbi Shmal Omer Chulay knew. What did Rabbi Shmal say? Rabbi Shmal said, Ein madlikim be'itron v'pnei kvod ha-Shabbos. Rabbi Shmal says that we don't light with tar. We don't use tar as a fuel for our fire, for our candle, um, out of honor of Shabbos. Okay. My timer. What does refraining from using tar in our Shabbos candles have to do with honoring Shabbos? Amar, so the, the Gemara says Rava, but the uh, Abgausabach changes it to Rabba. So, sounds good. Meaning, Rava would be Abai's contemporary, Rabba would be Abai's teacher. So, he changes the dialogue to be a dialogue between Abai and his teacher, Rabba. And it's also more consistent with um, a Gemara at the end of the page. So, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with it. Amar Rabba says, Rabba, Mitoch Sherecho Ra, since tar, when it burns, it smells bad. Rabbi says, look, we're concerned that if he lights his Shabbos candle with tar, because it smells bad, he's just going to leave. And he's not going to, you know, he's not going to benefit from the candle. And the whole point of the candle is that he should benefit from it. So it would kind of defeat the whole purpose. So Abai, so Amalei Abai Vyetse. So Abai says to Rabbi, we'll just let him leave the room. Who gives a darn? So what? He'll leave the room. Not the end of the world. So Rabbi says, because I say that lighting a candle, and again, it just says one candle. I mean, you just one candle. I don't know where the minute comes to have two candles. Although in the Hasidic Shesvarim, they already say, Darin, that, um, you know, two candles, this is a vart in the, in the, uh, Sidur Shal Shabbos, the, uh, the, the, uh, what's his name? The, the, the Chernovitzer. The Chernovitzer, the Bermaim Chaim. So he says that Ner is 250, the Gematria, right? Reish is 200, Nun is 50, 250. So two Neros is 500. 
and they say that what it's like 248 like limbs or something in like a man and like 252 in a woman or something or at least cabalistically i don't know what that means anatomically but in any event so it's like the man and the woman kind of put them together you get your two candles of shabbos Woohoo! okay so in any event we're talking about aner shabbos and rabbi says that um it's a chiyuv, you have an obligation to have a candle burning on Shabbos. And how, and Rashi, I think you kind of have to understand it with this Rashi, right? And Rashi therefore says, and Rashi adds, and how come you have to have this candle? Why is it a chiyuv? Out of honor of Shabbos, and in Rashi, it says, It's only considered a chashuv, an important, significant meal, if there's enough light that it's as light as day. Right, meaning out of out of the chashivus of the Shabbos meal and you know Friday night, so we want that it should be as light as 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 day, right, uh, in your house. So that's why you light candles. Um, and then Rashi also said in Chav Gimel Beis, he had said in the Dibur Maskel Shlom Beiso, says right, that people are sort of you know uh, in sa'ar, it's uncomfortable for them to sit in the darkness. So therefore. Um, Make sure that you light a candle. And if you're going to leave the room because it smells bad, well, that's going to defeat the whole purpose of this chiyuv, of this obligation to light a candle. Lighting a candle on Shabbos is an obligation. And um, washing your hands and your feet in warm water on uh, on on right on on Friday afternoon is a rishus. It's optional. Okay, vani omer mitzvah, and Rabbi says, but I say it's a mitzvah. It doesn't say it's a chiyuv, but it's a mitzvah. I guess like uh, it's not just optional. It's 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 encouraged. And here's a super awesome thing. My mitzvah. What is this mitzvah? The omer of Yudah Marav said of Yudah in the name of Rab. Kach ayom in agol shab Yehuda bar this was the minig of Yehud, Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eli. Isn't that awesome? We're about to learn something about Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eli. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eli is the Tana Rabbi Yehuda. We find like little cool stories about Amorayim, right? When do you hear stories like this about the Tanaim? About their, their, their personal sort of things that they would do. Usually the, the, the Mishnayis and Brises are like quoted for like their halachic value you know like this tana says this discuss you know he says this i say you know it's there for the sort of the alachic stuff you know mutter usr you know he says this he says that chacham say this but here we can actually see a little bit of who was this rabbi yehuda bar Eli. so he says kachayim and agosh rabbi yehuda bar Eli. erev shabbos mivim lo areva mleya chamen so on erev shabbos they would bring for him a tub full of full of hot water you would wash his face, his hands, and his feet. And then he would put on his talis. And he would sit over there in his, in his talis. And he would be similar to an angel of God. That is how Rabbi Yudabar Eli, the Tana Rabbi Yudabar Eli, would bring in Shabbos. He would, he would, he would bathe. And he would wrap himself in his talis and sit there bringing in Shabbos and he looked like an angel of God. Wow. Okay. And now the Gemara gets into, of course, like a halachic 
kind of uh, debate. Well, 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 let's see. So apparently this dinin amatsuyatsin, this sadin was made out of linen, okay? And he says mitsuyatsin, it says that he, he had tzitzis on this linen uh, garment that he was wearing. Now, tzitzis are made out of wool, linen is made out of linen, and that would be shotness, right? Um, you, you, you're putting, uh, wearing something with wool and linen together is uh, what's called shotness. That's not allowed. The thing is, there's a special um, teaching that says, because right, it says, right, it says, Lo silbas shatnes, and immediately after it says, Gedilim tasalach, make for yourself fringes, make for yourself tzitzis. So we learn from there that actually you are allowed to make tzitzis even if it's shatnes. So, so, so it said that Rabbi Yehuda Barilai, you would put on this shatnes talis, and now, and his students who were there, they would hide the corners of their garments because they weren't wearing tzitzis on their linen garments. Didn't, you know, sons, didn't I teach you that when it comes to putting tzitzis on linen, that Beishamai says that you don't put um, wool tzitzis on a linen garment and Basil says that you do put wool tzitzis on a linen garment and the Allah is like Basil and Rashi explains which is very 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 interesting that the reason why Beishamai says that you're not allowed to put wool tzitzis on a linen garment is because they don't learn of smuchin right I just explained a minute ago that the reason why you are allowed to put on wool tzitzis on a linen garment is because the puzzle says los shatnes that even though it says not to wear shatnes, immediately after that in the Torah it says make tzitzis to, to teach us that you know you can even make tzitzis out of shatnes. But Beishami doesn't hold of smuchim. Why is that interesting? I'm sure you guys are all thinking the same thing, right? There was a nudnik who came to, I think it was Rabbi Abou, and he asked him a kasha based on, uh, you know, psukim in Tanakh, in, 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 in Tilim. To which Rabbi Abou says, you, I think it was a, it was a, it must have been a tzeduki, right? And he says, look, you tzedukim, you don't learn smuchim. Therefore, you have this question, we learn smuchim. And then he quotes Rabbi Yochanan as saying, smuchim in Atorah Minayin. How do we know that smuchim are, I guess, like Mido Araisa, right? And meaning it sounds like that was like a classic Tziduki Pirushi argument, right? The, one of the things was that the Tzidukim wouldn't learn Smuchim, but we do learn Smuchim. So why wouldn't Beishamah learn Smuchim? Hmm. I don't know. But in any event, Beishamah didn't learn Smuchim. Therefore, he says, you're not allowed to put wool tzitzis on a linen garment. Beishillel does learn Smuchim, and he says that you are allowed to put wool uh, uh, tzitzis on a linen garment. So how come Rabbi Yehuda's students didn't? So they thought that you know there was actually a gzera derabanet to say that even though midoraisa you are allowed to put uh, 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 wool strings on a linen garment, but they made a gzera and said don't do it because it says in the pasuk uri isem also you have to be able to see the tzitzis and from there we learn out that a 
garment that is designated for use at night. It's actually machlokas. Barashi is assuming that it means that uh, 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 it's a ksus layla. That's a fact. The question is, how do you define ksus layla? Rashi seems to be defining ksus layla as a, a garment that is dedicated for a nighttime. You don't need to put tzitzis on at all. And therefore, out of a gzera, that if you would wear a, a linen garment and it would be made out of a garment made out of linen and it would be a ksus layla and you would put woolen tzitzis on it, but the fact of the matter is that the ksus lido isn't chayav in tzitzis, and therefore you, you shouldn't really be putting tzitzis on, or there's no reason to be putting woolen tzitzis on this linen garment. So then you're just wearing wool and linen together, shalobim ko mitzvah, not as part of a mitzvah, because there's no mitzvah on a ksus lido. then you'll just be wearing shatnes. So to avoid that mess, they just say, don't put tzitzis on a linen garment. Okay, fine, very good. Very, very good. Let's go weiter in Shas, friends. So the Pasuk says that um, my soul was, ab- right, uh, was abandoned from peace. Nashisi tova, I have forgotten all good. Alright. What does it mean that my, that my soul was abandoned from peace? This is lighting a candle on Shabbos, meaning if you don't light a candle on Shabbos, then it's like your soul has been abandoned from peace because lighting a candle on Shabbos is for shlom bias. So you should have peace in your home. And Rashi says, Uvmakum ner in shalom. And in a place where there's no candle, there's no peace, because you're just going to walk around and, and stumble in the dark. So therefore, we light a, a candle on Shabbos so that you, there should be peace. Okay? Okay, and I guess you know he said earlier that any suda that you that right any any important suda is gonna have light, and I guess if you don't have light, then it gets like all it's all these rashi's together. It's like the rashi the other day, which says that then you're gonna be in pain because you know you're gonna be uncomfortable because if you get up, you're just gonna fall down, so you're just gonna be sitting there and uncomfortable. As opposed to if you have a light, then it'll be like a big chash of a suda. Okay, fine. Nashisi um, tova, and then the pasuk continues and says, I have forgotten good. What is this good that you, that you have forgotten? Birmia says that this is uh, going to the bathhouse on Erev Shabbos. This is the good that you want to do. And if you don't do it, it's Kili, you forgot good. Rabbi Yochanan said, it's like Rabbi Yudah Barilai did. You know, washing your hands and your feet in hot water. Though he would wash his face as well, Rabbi Yudah Barilai. Rabbi Yitzchak Napacha Omar said Rabbi Yitzchak Napacha. Oh, this is a uh, beautiful bed and beautiful clothing. That upon it, Rabbi Abba said, This is a bed that is made. Okay. And a wife who is uh, adorned in jewelry um, for Tamide Chachamim. Okay. I wonder what the for Tamide Chachamim means in this uh, context. Okay? Very good. Taner Abanan, Eze Asher. The rabbis taught, who is a wealthy person? Somebody who has, um, you know, content and uh, pleasure from his wealth, according to Rabbi Meir. And Rashi points out that that is he's happy with his portion whether it's a lot whether it's a little 
right? It's like the Pasuk, it's, it's like the Mishnah, in Pekiyavos, Ezu Ashira Sameach Bechelko. Who is wealthy, it is he who is happy with his lot. Okay? Then we say, Simen Mem Tes Kuf Samech. So, so uh, who is it? Somebody points out. I think there's maybe a ghost. But Tzionim says that this is out of order. It actually should have come, come right before this thing from Rabbi Meir. And the Mem Tes Kuf which is Meir, Tarfon, uh, Akiva, and uh, Yossi, Seder. Because the Gemara continues, Rabbi Tarfon Omer says, Rabbi Tarfon, Kol Shiyeshlo Mea Kramim, Umea Sados, Umea Avadim Shovdim Bain. So Rabbi Tarfon is a Pashtun. Rabbi Tarfon takes it pretty literally. Rabbi Tarfon isn't into this very, you know, very cute, who's wealthy? Somebody who's happy with whatever he has. Then you're wealthy. I mean, it's true, you know, from a Musser perspective. But Rabbi Tarfon was, wasn't disillusioned. He said, look, you know who's wealthy? Somebody who has 100 vineyards, 100 fields, and 100 workers working those. That's who's wealthy, okay? <laughs> okay. Rabbi Akiva, says Rabbi Akiva, Oh. Rabbi Akiva says that somebody who has a wife who is very um, beautiful in her in her in her in her deeds. Okay. Rabbi Yossi Omer says Rabbi Yossi, Oh, okay, very nice. Rabbi Yossi, that's funny. Rabbi Yossi says, somebody who has a bathroom that's close to his table. Now, you know, it sounds funny to us, especially because like having your bathroom close to your table is maybe not so ideal. But in any event, I guess at that, we talked about Masech Brachos, right? About how, how, how difficult it was for people to like find a bathroom. They had to go out to the fields outside of the cities, right? At night. And, you know, it wasn't so, com- it was, it wasn't so easy. It was complicated. So Rabbi Yossi says, look, I guess that, you know, a wealthy person is somebody who has plumbing in his house, you know? Anyways, okay. Tanya, we learn in Abraisa, Rabshim ben Elazar Omer, says the holy Rabshim ben Elazar, a madlikin bitsori. We don't light Shabbos candles with balsam sap. My time, how come? Amaraba mitoch shirecho nodev gzer shami yistapek mimenu. So Rabbi says because balsam sap, when you burn it, it smells so good that we're nervous that somebody is gonna take a little bit of that sap out of the candle for himself. You know, I guess to put on himself or to smell it, whatever it is. And Rashi says something super cool. In the last Rashi on the page, it says on the second line of that Rashi, Hanosin Shemen Lener Chayv Mishumavir. If somebody adds oil to a candle, so he's going to be Chayv for for Havara for burning, for, right? Hamistapik Chayv Mishumachabe. And if you take some uh, 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 oil out of the candle, so then you're Chayv for Machabe for putting out a candle, which is really interesting. You know, it's already contemporary halacha. I don't know about these things, but you know the question of like the Shabbos clock. You know, can I just flip up the, uh, you know, can I just add time to the Shabbos clock? I'm not doing anything. It's just that when it gets there, it'll continue. Or, or can I maybe, you know, put down the, the pins, you know, so that it'll just shut off earlier. Apparently, burning isn't only burning the flame. It's also like if you add to it, then you're ke'ilu contributing to it and it's havara. And if you take away from it, you know, even though the flame is still going to be lit, but because you're going to, means it's going to go out earlier, it's considered mechaba, which is really interesting. And therefore, don't um, use a candle, um, according to Shimon Lazar, do not use um, this this uh, balsam sap, which smells really good when it burns, because then you might actually take some out of the candle for yourself, and that would be mechabe. Um, Amalei says to Rabbah, Why don't you also say, though, why, why don't you say that the issue with with balsam sap is that it's flammable, it's it's volatile, right? It can, it can, it's, it's not a very safe, um, you know, fuel to use. So, chad of od kamar, kamar. Rabbi is saying two things. He's saying, chad of yeah, don't use balsam sap because, you know, it's, it's volatile. 
And additionally, we're concerned that maybe somebody's going to take some of that balsam oil, that balsam sap, uh, for himself, and that would be mechabe. There was a mother-in-law who hated her daughter-in-law. So then the mother-in-law said to her daughter-in-law, go and, and, and put on balsam oil. Not balsam oil. Go and put on um, a farsimon oil. A farsimon oil, okay? Which smelled really good. And she went and did it. So I don't see what problem this mother-in-law could possibly have with such an obedient daughter-in-law. But in any event, this mother seemed to really hate her daughter-in-law. And uh, she said, go and put on um, a farsimon oil. And she did. And then she said to the daughter-in-law, now go light a flame. Um, okay. Asla, asla shraga in And then sure, sure enough, she went and lit the flame. And then the flame caught to this flammable farsimon oil. And she lit on fire. And she died. Oi, that sounds terrible. And I guess that the point of the Gemara is probably, first of all, don't do that. That's not very nice. And secondly, that some of these um, oils, I guess, are very uh, flammable and you have to be careful with them. And friends, with that, we wrap up the 25th page of Masech Shabbos. Recap. We started off explaining... How come we would be allowed to use semen sreifa during the week, right? This tummy truma oil. How come we can use it during the week? So we gave three answers. The first one was Rav Nachman's answer, which is, right? Trumosai is both trumas, my truma tahara and my truma tamea. What can you do with truma tamea? You can burn it however which way you would like. Rabbi Abou's answer, which is, right, that by Meiser uh, Shani, we say Mimenu, to the exclusion of, right, you don't burn Meiser Shani when it's Tame, but you can burn Truma Tamea and get benefit from it. Then finally, there was the uh, opinion of, right, and during Rabbi Abou's, we had that whole discussion about how do we know it's Truma Tamea, maybe it's Kachim Tamea, right, we ended up saying, well, Kachim is more Machmir, and therefore we're going to say, that you're not allowed to burn it when it's Tameh. And finally, there was the opinion of Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak, who says, by Truma, it says, Titen Lo, you have to give it to him, not to his fire, which then, therefore, implies that uh, he's allowed to put it in his fire if, if, if it's Tameh. Then we talked about the Chiyuv to light Shabbos candles, because we want um, Shalom bias that it should be light in the house, and that nobody should be uncomfortable. Bathing before Shabbos, right? So Rabbi says it's a mitzvah to bathe before Shabbos. We had that cool story about that cool anecdote of Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eli, uh, about how he would bathe and then put on his tzitzis and be like an angel, which is really cool. And then these cool agartas about, you know, um, you know, lighting candles on Shabbos and also uh, making up your bed before Shabbos and things like that. And then uh, all these things about who is considered the wealthy person. You had Asameach Bechelko, somebody who's happy with his lot. There was also Rabbi Tarfa's opinion, which is somebody who's got a lot of possessions is wealthy. There's Rabbi Akiva's opinion, somebody who has a, a wife who has very great deeds. And um, the final opinion of Rabbi Yossi is somebody whose um, bathroom is close to his table. And then finally we learned 
that well we, then we learned that cool thing about um, you know if you take oil out of the candle it would be considered part considered extinguishing the candle and then finally we learned not to light your daughter-in-law on fire um, thank you everybody for joining I really enjoyed it I hope you have a really good day or good night and peace